It's time to start your life the way it is meant to be. There's only one time when it will be too late, and you don't want to wait for that. This is Now or Never. The choice is yours. Your host is Karen Wright. Today, you're about to meet some amazing people. The stories are not always happy ones, but they define a healing process. Listen with an open mind and an open heart. Now, here is Karen Wright. Welcome, listeners. You tuned in to Now or Never. The choice is yours. Today's topic, experience freedom as you do what you love. One of the greatest expressions of freedom comes from when your occupation intersects with your passion. This week's guest is Greg Woodstock, a man who has found a way to turn his love of the water into his career. An entrepreneur and adventure lover, he has built a business that is also his passion. You can too. As you reclaim your identity and be free to choose and shine, being the best you at this moment. Maybe we'll, maybe this will be your light bulb moment. Now is your time to wish, to trust, and to allow freedom to be a part of your daily vocabulary. So, Greg, thank you. Thank you for being on the show with us. <laughs> you rock. I love it. How are you doing? I'm a little tired because I was out in the field building a pond yesterday and today, but it was a great experience. It was a customer that I first worked for when I was a 21-year-old kid. Now I'm a 51-year-old old man and uh, still love building ponds, but it definitely kind of is a is a challenge to get back there in the field on a hot, humid day, but we had a great time. Oh, and so that just is like inspirational to me. The fact that the, it was like the same pond, same same owners, you said, yeah. right? Yeah. They, I, it, it's worked great for 30 years, but they were fine. Facelift and we are so busy, but I figured out, listen, let me give me a couple guys. And so uh, we went out there yesterday and, and we tried to finish it, but I had to finish it up this morning with the plants and the landscaping, but it was very gratifying and it's still a labor of love, even after 30 years of doing it. Well, and I appreciate you. I know how busy you are. So listeners, I appreciate Greg being here with us because you're in for a treat today. As we begin the show each week, Greg and listeners, we go into, um, I like to get grounded in kind of meditation state. So I invite my guests, Greg, and my listeners to close your eyes, taking a deep breath in and release. Another deep breath in and release. Now putting your Hands up around your shoulders as if you're giving yourself a big hug, taking a deep breath in and repeating three times, I am worthy of my love. I am worthy of my love. Worthy of my love. I am worthy of my love. I am worthy of my love. Take another deep breath in. And release. And then tapping three times on your chest, repeating the word, accept, accept, accept. Accept, accept, accept. Another deep breath in. And release. Now as we allow that breath of life to filter throughout our entire bodies and enter our cells, feel that going inward going in and leaning in with your heart for today's episode as we speak with Greg. Take another deep breath in and release. 
Listeners, every week on my show, you know I do the affirmation for the week. And I didn't get to share this information to Greg. So, Greg, you're yeah. for one. <laughs> so, what I do, Greg, every week I, I choose an affirmation. I don't look at the card. And then I read it out loud to you. And I invite you, if you feel like you would like to, share what you thought when the affirmation was read to you or what your feelings are for the listeners. Are you good with that? Yeah, great. Let's roll. Okay. So today is I release my old stories. I release my old stories. So what did you think think of when I read that to you? I release my old stories. I thought that I don't have a lot of good, bad old stories. So it wasn't, uh, I'm, I'm happy that I don't have a lot of bad old stories that weigh me down. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I literally do. So it's, uh, now I can't say that for everything, but I think everything happens for a reason and there's a purpose behind things. And of course, behind every, behind every valley or behind every mountain is a valley. And, 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 you know, it's all part of our story. So for me, I, I, I don't have things that I regret. I have things that were challenging, but I always learned something through those challenges. I appreciate those words. Listeners, as Greg said that, uh, the affirmation, I release my old stories, write it on your mirror, put it in our sticky notes. But think about it. Do you really have old stories that you need to release? Or did those old stories mold you into who you are today? Just like Greg said, he doesn't have any that he really needs to release because they were challenges. He learned and grew from them, from the valleys up to the mountains. And so I like that intake, that, um, the inspiration that you have with that, Greg. A lot of times we're always like, re- release the past, release the past, you know? And I feel like if the, the old stories are weighing you down and you're not able to, yes, then re-look at them and, and see the good that came from it. Finding that little silver lining, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Always. Always finding the silver lining. Oh, the, the Skittles in the rainbow. That's what I'm all about. Find those Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going to introduce Greg and read a little bit about him. Um, Greg Woodstock is the Pong Guy. He is the owner and CEO of Aquascape. He has been dabbling in water gardens since the age of 12, and he has a love of everything between water and turtles. Yeah. I love that about the turtles. (laughs) Greg has been inspired. He's done his own show is that not right tv show yep uh yeah reality television show yes reality and we're going to talk a little bit more about that it's part of your like you said a lot about the bio but i don't want to say too much about the bio because i want you to tell us about it so i want to say one thing here um greg was in a couple different magazines he was on let's see he was on nate geo wilds pond star series is that like Pronounce yeah, that Nat right? G- Nat Geo Wild, which is National Geographic. Nat Geo. You know? yeah. Okay, yeah. National Geographic. I was like, Nat yeah. Geo. I'm like, what is Nat Geo? <laughs> natu- natural Geographic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not spelled out, I'm like, what is Nat Geo? Okay. But you know what? We just call Greg the pond guy. He's a pond, right. <laughs> pond star. Very, very, very easy to remember. He's a pond star. When Greg is not working, he enjoys scuba diving and exploring remote parts of the world. Greg has a love of life and adventure. His motto is, tell us your motto. I love my job. (laughs) Carpe diem. 
Exactly. I love my job. So tell us a little bit, Greg. Um, at the age of 12, you got what started you with the love of water and turtles? The age of 12. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in, in New Jersey, in the, in the New Jersey Pine Barrens, South Jersey. And my my days were spent catching turtles, fish, and frogs, like a very huckleberry fin life. A lot of log cabin homes, a lot of beaches in that area. And then one day my parents came home and said we were moving to the flat barren cornfields of Wheaton, Illinois. This was 1982. And I was not too excited to leave my lakefront property, but they promised me I could bring 11 of my pet turtles with me and uh, make a lake or a pond in my new backyard. And so I put them in the bottom drawer from the uh, uh, refrigerator, put some water in there. Sloshed 11 of my favorite pet turtles with me. And the second day I was living in my new house, went in the backyard and started digging a pond. Went to the library because this was the days before the internet to find books on it. And they were all mm -hmm. from Europe and uh, Japan. They said to build the pond out of concrete. And that uh, proceeded to crack in the wintertime in Chicago. My first pond leaked, turned green, and my prize turtles migrated away. And this was the beginning of my odyssey because... I was undaunted and I spent every summer ripping it out and rebuilding it and making it look nicer. And after doing that for seven years, Karen, the UPS guy was delivering a package to the, to the door. I heard him ring the doorbell. And of course I was out tinkering in my pond and I said, come around back. And he turned the corner with a package and he looked at what I was doing. He said, how did you ever buy a house with a spring on it? And he thought my pond was a natural spring. So that's of course the ultimate compliment to a pond builder. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, Ended up uh, uh, deciding right then and there that I could, he said, I, can you build me one? And I said, right then and there, yes, I could. And I decided I wanted to be a pond guy and build ponds. And I remember telling my mom, my dad, all I needed was a strong back, a wheelbarrow and a shovel. And I already had the strong back from playing football. And that Christmas, I got a wheelbarrow and a shovel and Aquascape Designs was born in 1991 to build ponds and fish and habitats for people in their backyard. So how old were you? I was 20 when the UPS guy came in, and then I started my business right when I turned 21 after my junior year at The Ohio State University. Okay. So, did you graduate from college, or did you go straight into, yeah, your associates? I, I, got, my, I got my four-year degree in six years, because I was okay. taking six months off to build ponds and go to school for six months. And I eventually, when I got my degree, I was already I was already making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year putting in ponds in the ground. But I, my mom made me go back for graduation ceremonies. And of course, I'm glad she did because it's a good memory. But I'm not necessarily a firm believer in traditional education, but uh, I started something. So I was going to finish it. So I did get my degree in interpersonal communication from The Ohio State University. That surprises me. Communication? Yeah. It was perfect for me. Least amount of math, most amount of females, Karen. Perfect. That's a perfect thing. I got her done. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Okay, so you had the issue with the cracking in the cement about the pond. Yep. Right? So I've had the privilege to, be, to have visited Aquascape in the past. Um, first of all, Listeners, if you're ever in Chicago and want to go check out his <laughs> beautiful, beautiful facility, it's not it's not a warehouse at all. It's like absolutely beautiful to me. Aqualand. We've got a big recreation pond that you can see out there. The people swimming. That's six hundred thousand gallons. 
and uh, we've got a great retail store and turtles, turtles galore. My wife calls me a turtle hoarder, but uh, I love it. <laughs> and you can swim in there. Um, Greg's really good about he'll post like pictures about you know, Aqualand, and this weekend you were over there working out, you were showing off the gym, and it was absolutely beautiful what you have there. The whole third floor is dedicated to fun and fitness. Those who sweat together stick together. So I actually walked right straight from the third floor where we were doing the Aquascape Olympics, the three-on-three basketball tournament was today, and I walked down for this call with you. Well, I appreciate you doing that, (laughs) having to walk away from your fun. (laughs) No, it was over. We finished it. I, I was the official videographer because I was so beat from building ponds outside the last two days. Yeah. So tell me, I want to backtrack just a minute. So you said that when you did your ponds with the cement that they cracked. And so you you invented or you came up with this new solution idea. And listeners, I want you to, to be an entrepreneur, to be a businessman, you have to think outside of the box, Right. Well, the first pond that leaked, we, I tried to fix cracked concrete for two years before I put down a rubber liner on it. And uh, it's a fish grade rubber liner. But where my breakthrough came through was designing the filter systems out of garbage cans and cattle troughs. So my pump was getting clogged sitting inside the pond. So I thought, how can I get it outside the pond? And I ended up using a garbage can with a laundry net basket to skim the water as the, as the pump pulled the water. And then the water wasn't getting clean. So I, the little filters that we got from the pet shops weren't really strong enough. So I ended up uh, getting uh, a Rubbermaid cattle trough, the same things that you would see out there in Utah in a cattle farm. And I sunk that in the ground and that became my biological filter. And so that was the, those were the, the kind of the foundational pieces of the Aquascape ecosystem, which is philosophy is to work with mother nature, not against her. I love that. Yeah. I think that's really, that is amazing. There's something that with the ecosystem there, um, you've patented all of this, correct? With yeah, we your have business that. and things like that? Yeah, so I just started off as a builder in 91, and then I got my patent granted for my filter systems in 94. And so in 95, um, I started shipping out and manufacturing my products into other landscapers, and I shipped them all over the country. So that was kind of the big the big growth spurt was with Aquascape is when we started to manufacture and ship our equipment to other contractors. And because I was a contractor myself, I was able to talk to talk and help them with their projects and stuff. And so that's where Aquascape really became, we're really a training education company where we teach people what we do. So 30 years after putting in, you know, starting my business, I'm still out there building ponds sometimes, but my guys were out there every day doing it. We're the only manufacturer of professional water feature equipment in the world that builds ponds full-time. And people, um, you go, you travel the entire world putting ponds Yeah, so, so I ship all over the world. I got really good um, partners in, in, in Europe, in England, in Australia. Uh, we ship some products even back to China, which is kind of fun. Um, so yeah, we have customers everywhere. That is amazing. Now, do you make your eco, 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 how do you say the word? Eco, ecosystem. Yes. There in your warehouse. So if it's big and bulky, it's domestic. If it's small and electronic, it's Asia. Um, so about, we're a little over half of our products, uh, 60% are domestic because it's liners and pipes and it all comes to where virtual manufacturers, my tools, my designs, um, the liner comes from Firestone EPDM rubber liner, which is a fish grade liner. And we bring it into our quarter million square foot warehouse, 
kit it up into kits and ship it all over the world from here. And it is a, it is a huge process. How big is your warehouse? Uh, it's a quarter million square feet, about 140 teammates right now. And uh, we have a smaller one with about a dozen teammates up in Canada that handles Canadian distribution. That's incredible. Did you ever think you'd be where you were at when you were 20 years old? Not when I was 20, but when I was 24, I did. So it took me about four years to realize the potential of this business. Um, when I was 20 years old, I was, I was just working as a lifeguard, right? And, and I didn't like, I, didn't, I wanted to find something that I really enjoyed. And uh, that's where I came up with the idea of, of, hey, I love my pond. How can I sell these? And I would spend my lunch hours calling other landscape contractors and asking them how much it would cost for an 11 by 16 pond, which was the backyard pond that I had. And I got anywhere from five to $8,000. And I thought if I built one pond per month next summer, I'd make more money than I did working as a lifeguard. And I ended up building five ponds buying a truck and uh, then coming back early from college and building ponds in Chicago. And that's why it would take me longer to graduate. And then on August 2nd of 1992, my life changed because the Chicago Tribune, the newspaper ran a front page story. I mean, Jan Golden Ponds, young landscape artist, Greg Whitstock builds backyard habitats for fish and plants. And my phone just started blowing up and I had hundreds of people calling me for ponds. And all of a sudden my fun summertime job at the end of my second season became my career. So how many people did you hire after that first year when you knew it was going to be taken off? Well, I had temporary guys. I had uh, I hired my full, my first full-time foreman as a guy that I graduated high school with. And then my dad came over to help me out in the business because I, I literally sold out all my available spaces on the first weekend after that. I sold. I remember walking into my house and seeing my mom, my dad, and my sister sitting at the kitchen table the first Saturday after that Sunday, which was August 2nd, and having $36,000 in deposit checks just sitting in my back pocket and putting them on the table. And that was eight jobs that I sold at eight consultations. And I was booked out until I had to go back to college. And so my dad came over and started helping out in the business. I love that, that they just supported you. My mom is my biggest fan. My dad was a fellow hobbyist like myself. And, um, um, it was, it was definitely part of, part of our family growing up. Like I said, I put that pond in, you know, the second day I was living in Wheaton. That is amazing. Huh? So your dreams do come true. A little bit of work listeners, a little bit of intuitive thing outside the box, running the numbers, seeing how they, how they match. Let's stay tuned. We'll be right back. We've been listening to uh, Greg Woodstock, uh, Aquascape and the pond guy. With his, with his little life story that we began with, the age of 12 and his dream of building ponds, falling in love with turtles, and he continues to have that in his life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Everyone knows a realtor. A seasoned realtor, Karen Wright, has the experience and the knowledge of this crazy market. Whether you are a first-time homeowner, downsizing, or divorced, Karen understands the importance of easing the pressure for her clients. A hands-on realtor, Karen has been known to paint rooms, box up toys, bring food to her exhausted clients, and even help them find movers and cleaners to help simplify the process. 
She reminds her clients to take a deep breath and trust in her. For your next real estate needs, remember Karen Wright at Realty Path Summit. Visit yourbestmoveyet.net. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The book Now or Never, Shine Baby Shine, is authored by number one international best-selling author Karen Wright. Karen's book invites readers to learn and grow through every aspect of her life. She invites all who have experienced any loss in their life to take time, read, and feel her words as she opens her soul page after page. Through each twist and turn of her journey, Karen invites her readers to heal and become the person you are truly meant to be. Find your truth. Live now and shine. Visit shinenowornever.com or look for the book on amazon.com. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Now or Never, The Choice is Yours. To connect with the program today, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is karen at shinenowornever.com. Let's get back to this week's show. Here again is Karen Wright. Listeners, welcome back. We have had the privilege of speaking with Greg Wistock, the pawn guy. And he has told us about his life story at the age of 12, how he wanted to become this. Well, he didn't know he wanted to become yet until he was, what, 1920, getting into the pawns. Um, it's been interesting because during break, I was asking Greg a little bit about what, you know, in this, new, this next segment, what we want to talk about. Because we have questions that we go through prior, things like that. And um, Greg had a really good, um, he, he wants to talk about something that I believe also is dear to my heart also. I think in life, we're so programmed with our kids getting an education. I did this with my kids. You go to high school, you go to college, you get an education, just get a degree. And then figure out what you want to do in life. And a lot of times they get their degree and they really don't know what they want to do. And Greg, I'd like you to, if you could touch a little bit on this and what your thoughts are about this. Well, look at college has changed too since, since, you know, I went to college. I mean, that was 30 years ago and, you know, my out-of-state tuition was $7,900 a year to try to figure out what I wanted to do. That same education today at Ohio State for out-of-state tuition is $40,000 a year. So it's kind of an apples and oranges argument when you come and compare, you know, the college that we grew up with and the college that our kids are being exposed to. And so I really encourage people, if they don't know what they want to do, to uh, to find that before they go to school. Only 15% of people that get a college degree end up in a field of their, you know, major or their choice. Um, it's really who you know, not what you know. And I think the big thing that is a challenge 
for a parents that grew up in a different generation is to think about the future. There's so many other ways to learn. I mean, the internet wasn't around 30 years ago. Of course, the easiest way to be successful in life is find somebody doing what you want to do and do what they did. And so kind of, you know, looking in your world and the sphere that you're dealing with and find out people that you look at and you would think they're successful in their particular field and then talk to them about how they did it. And I think a lot of times, it, it especially going forward, it's not going to involve necessarily a traditional education. I know that there isn't any jobs left at Aquascape that we, you know, um, say require a college degree. It's really, you know, 85% of somebody's success is based on their interpersonal communication skills and their attitude. And only maybe 15% or so is de- dedicated to what their intelligence is. So at Aquascape, we have a mantra, you know, we hire for attitude, we train for aptitude. And I think a lot of times, I think it's it's very discouraging to see so many people that just kind of accept a course in life and don't try to get their own course in life by finding out what their passions are and then developing their strengths. We get way further in life by developing our strengths than fixing our weaknesses. And I think a lot of times with a traditional education, parents, you know, if you bring home all A's and one C, you're supposed to focus on the C. But if you bring home all C's in one A, um, I'm going to put you in in something that you've you know that you're strong at, and that would be you're, you're able to shine. And I think all of these things are things that a lot of times people don't. I, I could tell you, I talk to a lot of high school entrepreneur groups, college kids, and these are things that they haven't heard before. So they're not getting into traditional education, and they're certainly not getting it at home. And I would like to encourage people to to not necessarily spoon feed what you've been you know eat what you've been spoon fed, but to kind of look outside the box a little bit and try to find your passions and try to find your interests because you need to find something you love to do. You never have to work another day in your life. And I work my butt off, but it's fun because I enjoy it. And I think that's really good advice, listeners. Like, do you love your job? Do you love what you're doing? Are you giving back? Is it fulfilling you? Is it fulfilling others? And you're making a living on it. And a living can be just paying the bills, but enjoying your life, enjoying what you're doing every single day. It's funny because my oldest son, Dayton, he graduated in entrepreneurship and business. And he wants to, you know, run his own business, start his own thing. And we'll have these conversations where he's like, Mom, what am I good at? What, what can I be? I'm like, dude, you can be whatever you want to be. I mean, you, you've ran pickleball tournament, um, tournaments for the last four years. You put together this whole program. You know, you, you're good with people. You understand people. You're a good communicator. People like you. And finding what that niche is and being able to take it and finding your team and leveraging it and being able to pivot through times because of COVID. Everyone had to pivot and learn how to pivot and then being able to pivot but move forward with it. And I know during COVID, you did a lot of, um, no, actually, it was before COVID that you did all your traveling, but you were with the TV show. Was that something you always wanted to do? Well, uh, I have been traveling for business forever. Um, the TV show was not something that I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to be scripted. And so that was a very challenging experience for me. But when you started out, you you know told about stories that hold you back. Um, I think everything happens for a reason. And that, that really taught me what I didn't enjoy, which was being scripted. But what I do love is YouTube where it's unscripted and I just go through my day and get to film beautiful water features and interact with cool people. Um, so I kind of, that journey that, you know, going through the challenges of, of having a, you know, someone that scripted you with what you do versus just going and being able to freelance and, and, and ad lib, which is what I much prefer. Um, it's, 
it's so much more enjoyable. And so for me, uh, with traveling, when I was traveling for the TV show, it was unenjoyable. But when I'm traveling for my own, with my own unscripted kind of reality that I do with my YouTube channel, because I'm a vlogger, Karen. So I vlog, you know, 365 days out of the year. Uh, when I can vlog, then I can educate and I can teach people. I can um, travel the world and showcase what people, how people are living the aquascape lifestyle. But it was two separate things. So it wasn't the travel that was the grind. It was the job that was the grind. So when I when I was employed and having a reality television show, it was a grind. I didn't enjoy it. And now it's a grind, but I enjoy it because it's, it's ad lib and it's, and it's free flow. And I love, love, love YouTube and the content that we're able to create in that, which is unscripted. How can my listeners find you and watch your YouTube videos? Where can they go uh, to? Well, I'm just Greg Whitstock, the pond guy on YouTube. And, you know, I, I make uh, every Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I make a vlog for there. Every Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturday on the Team Aquascape channel, we do the construction. And then every Saturday we do Ed the Pond Professor, which is our my longest teammate at 28 years, the scientist. And so we're we're creating 365 days of content and uh, for Instagram, for Facebook, for YouTube and all those same handles. So Greg Woodstock, the pond guy. We mm-hmm. Google that and you'll be popped up all over the place. Yes, that's the power <laughs> of the internet, which is really cool because you can meet, reach a worldwide audience, which is how I sell products in Australia and England because of the vlogs. Yeah. And I loved you said habitat for, your, for the environment. Um, we had the privilege back in the day where you came, yeah. first time I met you. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It was like, I think one of the first times we met was sure. when you came into my backyard with all your people, your tractor, your turn on my grass. I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> Very typical. We don't have problems at the end with a customer. We only have problems in the middle if we're going to with all the stone and the mess that is created. So that was a yeah. build a pond day uh, out in Ogden, Utah at your old house. And uh, we invite people to learn how to do it and experience guys to teach because the best way to learn something is to teach it. So a lot of certified aquascape contractors will come to build a pond days because they get a lot of joy and satisfaction about helping others learn their trade, which is unusual when you think about it, because technically they're the competition, but we say, instead of looking at it as competition, look at it as co-opetition, a pond done right, a customer serve right, we'll get more people living the aquascape lifestyle than a guy who is doing things wrong in your area. So you might as well train them up. And for the most part, our certified aquascape contractors buy into that and build a pond base is one of the way that we do our teaching because we're actually physically working with the guys who are in the field. And it's actually, I was impressed. You were able to put in, I don't know, what, 60,000 gallon pond in our backyard. Was it that big? Yeah, it, it was. It, but the biggest thing was that long because you had a long slope. So we put that yeah. long stream in. Yeah, it was beautiful. And so, so you have, it was like the waterfall. So it just continues to go down this beautiful back, the stream, the rocks, everything into this pond. And then just refilters and does it again and just yeah. keeps going and going. It was yeah. like... Blew me away. <laughs> yeah, people think it just keeps running all the time, and it does, but it recirculates. It's obviously not adding new water. Right, right. It just, yeah, the water that's in there, it was perfect. And it was very impressive because it was actually hands-on. And when you when I um, heard that it was going to be billed in two days, I think it was two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, this isn't going to happen. And lo and blo- it happened. Seriously, yeah. totally, it blew my mind. 
And it was absolutely beautiful. That was probably one of the hardest things I left behind was my yeah. backyard when I had to move. Yep. I was like, ah, because I love water. I love the water. I love the water sounds um, yep. and how they intrigue. What was one of your what was one of your most fondest ponds that you've ever built before? Besides mine. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, one of the, our most popular YouTube videos is the pond that we built for Shaquille O'Neal. Uh a year and a half ago out in uh, at his home in Atlanta. And it was just cool because obviously it was a pretty cool client, but it was really fun because it was uh, part of our collaboration nation where we get to get invite our aquascape artists of the year. So we had every aquascape artist of the year, except for Patrick Hanley that was uh, stuck in COVID times down in Australia. But uh, we ended up building an amazing pond for Shaquille O'Neal. He was a super cool guy, just super down to earth, hung out with the guy, signed everything. And uh, who really enjoys that pond to this day is his mom, who lives uh, right there as well in his kind of family compound on 80 acres in Atlanta. And uh, I just visited there again um, at the end of May, a year after we built it. And it's just a truly magnificent, spectacular masterpiece because it was built by all of the aquascape artists of the year collaborating together over a week in may of uh, last year so when you have all those artists come together do, is someone trying to be the chief or do, does it just flow together people oh i love this idea okay well, let's, it's interesting. This. let's do this yeah yeah a little bit of both um you know we all have particular specialties that that we uh that we specialize in but uh, what was really cool about it was we can anticipate each other's next move, you know, kind of like chess. Mm -hmm. So sometimes a guy would be on the machine, he would jump off, another guy would jump on the machine, and they, you know, were one step ahead of everybody. And we just kept the job flowing, which is how we were able to build, you know, a $200,000 water feature in five days. Wow. That's incredible. Was it big enough that they could swim in? It was not a recreation pond. Uh, okay. And of course, he's a, big, he's a big guy, but we did put a little beach entry and it was kind of for his kids and his grandkids. They could swim in it because it's three feet deep, uh, but it was more like a waiting area. And then, of course, for the koi and stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And the koi are, are absolutely beautiful. Do you have connections for people like if they want to um, like bring in fish or the habitat, the turtles, things like that? Do you have connections where people can call or use your connections to buy fish or buy turtles or buy yes. things? So it's really uh, live animals are really a regional type of a thing. So you would just have mm -hmm. to find regional suppliers for fish and plants in your area. Um, and there, you know, there are some national companies at well, which I mean, I got my fish from, you know, Japan for my personal pond, you know, but it, uh, you know, it, it really is a regional based thing where people would find people regionally. Okay. Because the habitat where your environment's at makes sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. makes total sense. So, um, what was one of your the best decisions you ever made in your business? Well, I said earlier the easiest way to be successful in life is find somebody doing what you want to do and do what they did. And my very first industrial park when I moved out of my house where I was working in 1995. That was the year that I started to ship the products all over the world to other contractors. Uh, we moved into an industrial park about you know, five minutes from my house, but on the corner of the same street that I was on was a company called In The Swim. And I, it was a big building. I think I moved into an 1800 square foot building. I think they had a 36,000 square foot building, which was huge to me at the time. 
And so I thought, I got to go meet them. And so classic, you know, my style, I walked right in the front door, introduced myself as their new neighbor, said, I'm Greg Witzak, the pond guy, and I'd love to meet the owner of this place. And what do you think they said to me, Karen, the receptionist? Get out the door. <laughs> he said, let me see if Mr. Coxworth is available. And I was outside looking and I realized quite quickly what they did because there was pictures of girls in bikinis and rubber ducks and rafting. And it was, it was a, it was a swimming pool supply company called in the swim and about five minutes of just looking at all the catalogs in the front um, reception area up walks a real tall guy, you know? Um, and I introduced myself, I'm Greg, what's like the pond guy. And he kind of laughed. I'm Jim Cotchworth, the pool guy who's a hammer thrower in college, a real tall guy. And, and I wow. said, I'd love, I'm your new neighbor. I'd love to see what you do here. And I must have picked a good day because for the next two hours, he showed me his entire operations and how he did everything. And uh, I took notes. And at the very end, I asked him, Jim, what was the best business decision you ever made? And he goes, that's easy. I hired a direct mail marketing company to do my catalog mailings. And I said, well, what is a direct mail marketing company? And he goes, oh, they rent, they rent lists from different uh, you know magazines and trade shows and whatnot. They mail the, your catalogs to them and they measure the response rate from those the, the mailings and then ones that have better response rates they mail more to and the ones they get less response rates they mail less to and so um before i left i got the card for o'keefe henry direct his direct mail marketing firm and a week and a half later o'keefe henry direct pulled up into my office and uh, uh explained to me how they could help my business and and i uh were they a proven commodity to me karen or were they unproven to me at the time well proven probably I looked at my 1,800 square foot warehouse and I looked at my neighbor's 36,000 square foot warehouse and I spent way more money than I ever would have, but I rolled the dice and that was the best business decision at the time that I had ever made because I met, went from mailing 36,000 catalogs over the next couple of years to mailing out 2.3 million catalogs a year. And my sales grew. We were an Inc. 500 fastest growing privately held company four years in a row. I think our, our five-year growth rate uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s was 221%, 2,221% growth rate. And it really came from just listening to uh, O'Keefe Henry Direct with how they would recommend and doing the mailings. And then, of course, finding them from my neighbor because I had the audacity to walk over and introduce myself and then ask him how he was successful. People who are successful like helping other people succeed, but you just got to ask. And that's what I did with uh, in the swim, and and then I listened to their advice. That's a big thing too. If you hear good advice, you should take it and seize on it, not just you know not take action. And I took action. I called the phone number, and then and hiring a company and spending a lot more money than I thought I should. But it was a phenomenal business decision because that was what really launched my business by mailing out direct mail catalogs to other landscape contractors all over the world. And I think that's really important when you're starting business because there's lots of things. Um, I'm kind of like you. I just jump into things without thinking. I jump mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I want to try that and I'll go do it. And then I'm like, going, okay, now what do I do? And sure. it's crazy how you start finding um, people do want to help. Doors start opening up and I'm like, even with this radio show, you know, someone I have a guest on the next thing I know, they refer, they're referring me five people they know that would be great on my show. And that's just the work, the working together, the networking yeah. part. But they're also fine tuning things and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And you didn't. You took advice. You listened. You asked the questions. And I think a lot of times, first of all, we're scared to open that door and walk in. Because my remark was, you probably got thrown out, right? (laughs) Because that's what 
people think by walking they're they're gonna be like get out he's busy whatever but you took the chance you had the courage or the just the intensity that you have just to walk in because a lot of it is your personality I think it is. I never, I never even thought twice about it. I'm like, wow, that's a cool, they must do something with water. They're called in the swim. So I should go introduce myself and, you know, that I happen to be their neighbor. And it was really awesome that, and of course, what is Jim talking about? He's talking about his success and what he did. And so that was, you know, he was enjoying helping because successful people like to help other people succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's um, the beauty of it. I've been, I've read a bunch of books with um, entrepreneurships and, you know, Ford and Michael, just people who are successful. They weren't successful overnight. They failed multiple times. And I'm sure you had experiences going through with your life, with building your business. Well, you had a kind of taste of it with the, the reality show. You did it. Well, I mean, there was, there was multiple things. I mean, I, I, like when we said, you know, let go of your past stories, but I don't let those past stories weigh me down. I mean, my dad who came into my business became my first competitor. He wanted to do things differently. He was an engineer and I was a wild, crazy 20 something year old kid. He was a 50 something conservative engineer. And I would say I was the gas pedal. He was the brake. I would say white, he would say black and he just didn't trust me. And so he wanted to go a different direction. So he left and I spent nine years not talking to my own father over business. Um, the, the good thing about that, though, with, with things is everything goes full circle. And in 2006, you know, he sold his company back to me and came back to work in my business. And this time in a role in the engineering department where, you know, and now he trusted me because I had kind of proven the model out. Um, and now we don't really talk business too much. We talk more Ohio State football and photography. But, uh, you know, that went full circle. Uh, my best friend from from high school came to work for me and he ended up embezzling funds and buying himself a Porsche. So, you know, these are what happened in life. If you're in business for 30 years, you've pretty much been through the ringer multiple times, but what do you learn from those things? You know, when my dad left, he said, if you're, if you're left running this business, it's going to fail. Well, that was a huge motivation for me when my friends mm-hmm. stole the money. Um, and, and, you know, that and significantly ended the, the relationship. It just, increased my resolve to, to not quit and my tenacity to not, and it, it, he was the wrong guy. He, he should have left a long time before that, but that was the impetus to get him out the door. So, but I couldn't fire my, you know, my friend from high school. So everything happens for a reason. There's a valley, there's a mountain and a valley behind every mountain. There's a valley and those things that were valleys, um, I find I climb the next mountain. And so those are my stories. And, it, and I think anybody who's been in business for as long as I have, could repeat the same type of stories with just different scenarios. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. We all do. And that's what has brought you. And I love it because when someone tells you, no, you're, you're going to show them differently. And well, I it's think motivation, added- right? It, it, yeah. it, it, it's motivation. And, and I, and I have to create my own motivation sometimes because things come so easy and you're never proud of things that come easy. You're proud of things that come hard. You're proud of things that are difficult. So you know, we're having record sales right now with everybody staying home, but we're still pushing. You know, we're uh, I, we're making a coffee table book right now. And uh, the president of the company said, I think we should wait another year to do this. I'm like, let's get it out there because yeah. with business, you got to be marketing all the time. And that's what we're doing. We're in November, right in time for Christmas. We'll have our own coffee table book out. But that process took about a year to get that thing going. And uh, it's limited resources right now because it's all hands on deck just to handle today's orders 
But eventually things are going to slow down because there's going to be a valley right behind this this mountain of people investing in their properties. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or five years from now. And you can't stop marketing. You can't stop pushing the envelope because then life gets boring anyway. And uh, why wait for things to go bad? Like, let's jump on it ahead of time and, and be expecting things that, you know, plan for the hope for the best, but plan for the worst. I love that. And um, before we're about ready to close, but Greg, People can get a hold of you if they just type in. Do you have a website or anything like that you want to share or just? Aquascape, A-Q-U-A-S-C-A-P-E, Inc, I-N-C.com. And you can find everything about water features, local contractors to build your stuff, you know, the living the lifestyle videos and blogs on, on our website. So do they get maybe a free hat if they mention that they heard you on the radio show today? <laughs> Yes, that's absolutely cool. Yeah, if somebody wants that, one of my advisors, this is kind of my my standard fare. I probably go through about 20 of these a year, leaving them on planes and, you know, destroying everything else. So, yes. <laughs> you get a free hat if you go. <laughs> sure, why not? This. Why not? Um, or a coffee mug. Or a coffee mug. There you go. When, so, a word of advice that you could give our listeners and re- realizing the joy of freedom, releasing old stories, having them, kind of the whole theme today, following the love. What I got do it. you, okay. I got what it. Um, AARP, ever heard of them, Karen? AARP. It's the world's largest organization in terms of total membership. It would be otherwise noted as the American Association of Retired People. Hmm. AARP. I might okay. be old enough for it. You wouldn't. You certainly don't look old enough for it. But uh, I think when you're 50, you're automatically eligible for enrollment in the AARP. They did a survey of all of their um, members. And remember, they have more members in that organization than any other organization. And they asked them what one piece of advice you would give future generations. So as you would imagine, with all those members and that, that, with that one question, you probably had thousands, maybe tens of thousands of answers. But there was one answer that came out more than any other. You know what that might be? What would your guess be of the best piece of advice you would give for future generations? I love what you do. Yeah, best piece of advice. And I'm sure that was one of them. The number one piece of advice was three words. Just got to remember three words. Be happy. And then the key word now. Not when your kids start listening to you. Not when you Mm -hmm. win the lottery. Be happy now. Don't wait for happiness. Create your own happiness. And uh, don't let outside circumstances dictate your happiness because there's always going to be a challenge with your spouse, with your kids, with money, Mm -hmm. whatever else. But their one piece of advice, the AARP suggests for future members, be happy, happy. keyword, now. So listeners, we're about to end the show. But remember, be happy now. Now or never, the choice is yours. So living in the moment, the breath is a gift of life. Choose now and live. Have an amazing day and thank you for choosing to be here. Sending you all love and light. Until next week. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Now or Never, The Choice is Yours can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll join us again soon.